I'm Marlo Higgins, and I've spent nearly four decades as an entrepreneur building boundaries around time and energy. I am captivated by stories of creating that mythical balance between priorities and success without the guilt and fear of missing out. I'm a to-the-point business coach that helps start a company, rebrand another, and launch my own. Now I'm running a thriving online brand with the white space in my calendar to spend time with my family, nurture my soul, and create an impact in our world. Are you dreaming of striking a balance between a thriving business and a joyful life? It is possible, and it starts with you. Get out your field notes, and let's tap into Peaceful Achievers, inspiring you to create a vision, level up your skills, and show you how to set boundaries that support the life you desire. This is 22 Minutes to Having It All. Hey, this is Marlo, your host of 22 Minutes to Having It All podcast. Now, this episode with Mike Zeller, who joins us from Nashville, Tennessee, is just outstanding because Mike helps entrepreneurs create a life of wealth, fulfillment, and impact. And you, our audience, know that the most, that to having it all, it's about all those things. It's about our wealth and fulfillment and impact. So we have a really galvanizing conversation about getting the money story right and finding your zone of genius. It's interesting because Mike says, you know, with wealth, there's so many of us, me included, let's say, have a middle-class mindset around wealth. And so you know, how do we shift out of that? How do we build a champion team? He describes, which I think is really powerful, this life death inventory exercise that we shared today on this episode. And just to extract it real quick, you know, that life death exercise that he talks about, I mean, it kind of helps us understand our zone of genius and like how to unburden some of the things that we deal with. But, you know, it extracts the clues it helps us witness the pattern so we can call the play. So when we're talking about building an entrepreneurial championship team, those are some of the things we talk about. You know, we also talk about the wealth dynamics test, which is really powerful. Mike shares with us a story of you got to break down before you can break through. It was really powerful. He shares how one of his failures is he lost over a million dollars. And it was when he was finding himself newly married and reinventing the wheel just one more time. And because he had come off a huge pattern of success and then had an epic failure and now has birthed himself back out and is a phoenix rising to more great things. So enjoy the episode. Again, we're going to invite you to not only subscribe, but give us a review because that helps us reach other people within this platform. And it's powerful. You know that these conversations are rich. Put on the review what you learned today from Mike's episode and enjoy. And we'll talk to you next week. All right. Welcome back to this week's episode of 22 Minutes to Having It All. Now, Mike Zeller, he helps entrepreneurs create a life of wealth, fulfillment, and impact. Oh my God. Those three words are buzzwords in our world and we want to know more. So Mike, I am so excited to have you as a guest today. Marlo, honored to be here. Already enjoying our conversation. You have such phenomenal energy and brilliance, I can tell. So it's an honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So why did you pick entrepreneurs to serve? You know, what is it about the entrepreneurial spirit, Mike, that fires you up? I don't think anyone in the world has a harder role. You could be a quarterback. You could be Tom Brady. You could be, uh, you know, LeBron James. You could be CEO of a, of a company, which is not easy at all. But 
when you are an entrepreneur, especially in the early stages, you've got to wear about 17 different hats. And I think it's the ultimate self-actualization and growth catalyst that I've ever seen in the world. And I, I love to serve the people that have their necks on the line every day that are going for it. And I've had my neck on the line. I have my neck on the line. And it's crazy rewarding and crazy hard. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. It is the path with most resistance. So a lot of people from the outside look at us and go, what in the world? Why would you choose that path? But I think we're the freedom seekers, right? We're those, we're the mavericks, which I like to call them that top, you know, two to 4% mm-hmm. that are the unbridled spirits and independents that just want to get things done. So talk to us about wealth though, like, you know, entrepreneurs and wealth. Why do you think, well, just give me your insight about entrepreneurs and wealth. Most entrepreneurs, I think they start out their entrepreneurial journey with what I would call a middle-class mindset, which is, hey, if you want a job done right, get it done yourself. We glorify the hustle and grind. We glorify doing everything in the business, but that will only get you so far. And, and at the end of the day, like, you know, a billionaire thinks differently about a lot of those things. And at the end of the day, we want to get to a much higher level, most of us. That's why we are working so hard and so many hours. But the great book is not called Think and Grow. It's not called Get Busy and Grow Rich. It's not called Work 90 Hours a Week and Grow Rich. It's called Think and Grow Rich. And a billionaire thinks differently. So a billionaire says, all right, if I want a job done right, I hire the best freaking person I can or a partner with the best person or I collaborate with the best person I possibly can not do it myself. Sometimes we, we are the best in the world at a certain role, but it, we're not the best in the world at everything. And the best people in the world find their genius and find complementary parts and, and partners to build great businesses. Yeah, no, I agree with that. So how do you get people to find their zone of genius? Because I'm like you, I 100% agree with you on that space, Mike, because that's our strength. How do we tap into it for those that don't know how? Yeah, I really think there's there's clues scattered about our lives all over. But the problem is, until now, until I came along, <laughs> no one had organized them at least as completely as I felt like needed to be done. And I'm constantly improving my own process as well. But I found there's clues in your personality test. There's clues in your key life experiences. There's clues in your defining life moments. Those aha moments or those failure moments. You know, they say your breakdown leads to your breakthrough. Then there's key insights and awareness in your values and your passion. So those are the four key areas. Your unique talents, key relationships, key life, uh, defining life moments, and fourth, your values and passions. And when you organize all of those clues and get them all together, you've got the greatest accumulation of clues about who on earth you are, what on earth you're meant to do, and how to monetize your giftedness in a way that is deeply aligned with your value set. And uh, so that's, I think it's there for all of us to, uh, to organize and synthesize. And when you put everything together, guess what? Patterns pop. It's like popcorn popping. Things just start popping and popping and popping, and they keep popping really for the rest of your life when you when you become a master of self. Yeah. Okay. So what's your story though, Mike? Like how, obviously you've had to experience something for you to be able to organize how to get and find your genius. What, what's your story? How did you do it? Yeah. 
in the year, I think it was 2015, 2014, I started getting a lot of requests from people to uh, ask me to mentor them. And I had grown a bunch of different businesses. I had six active businesses at the same time, 55 employees, $30 million a year in revenue. And so I had some success. And then what I also started experiencing a few years later is I started experiencing failures. By 2017, 2018, I really started having some of my businesses started showing a lot of cracks in the foundation. And some of them I sold, some of them I just crumbled, some of them I had partnerships that splintered, and I ended up losing a lot of money, over a million dollars in uh, basically a short time period. And, um, and it's super painful. I also got married during that season. So it was absolutely brutal, not a great way to start your marriage. Um, but in that season, I realized, all right. And, and I even knew back in my hyper growth season, my first hyper growth season, I was like, you know what? The crap's going to hit the fan. The shit's going to hit the fan at some point, but I'm going to enjoy the ride. And then I'm going to learn and fix what got broken. And one of the things I realized, especially as I did the wealth dynamics test, which is one of my favorite personality tests that I have everyone do, Strengths Finder, Colby Index, Myers-Briggs, Disc Profile. I did all those tests and I started assimilating the clues because I started reflecting, why did I why did I have all of this success and all this growth? And then I started having failure. Well, as I looked at the profiles and looked at my life trajectory, I'm really freaking amazing. I'm one of the best of the world at galvanizing momentum, galvanizing um, uh, progress and, and driving, uh, driving a business forward and architecting it as well. But I also really suck at operating a business. I do not want to handle the legal and administrative and the financial side in detail. I don't want to uh, like do the management very and I'm not going to ever be very good. At that, I, it's I. It says in my profiles, I'm brilliant at the start, and I'm terrible at the finish. So I got to partner with people and hire people that are phenomenal at the finish. And I didn't have enough of those people around me. I didn't have great operating partners um, in some of those ventures, and that was my mistake. I I partnered sometimes with people that were too close to me. So you're the ideas guy, not the execution person. Well, I'm I'm phenomenal at the execution at the beginning. But like someone's got to take action, I will take rapid action in the intentional focused um, way, but I'm not going to manage something all the way to completion in the sense of as a business matures, I get bored Mm -hmm. when there's less need for innovation and experimentation. And it's just optimized, optimizing on a granular small level that I'm bored out of my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So you're the high level person. You're the, you're looking at it from the 360 lens and you're looking down and you can see all the moving parts and how to get there. But the dirty details is just, that doesn't fire you up. And so you're losing your momentum. Um, and that's true. Okay. So you learn that about yourself. How do you mm-hmm. sustain and profit today based on that knowledge? So with my coaching, I've designed a lot of that ar- around that process. And my team members, I hire based on strengths in the sense of I put people in the positions that they are most suited for. And I'm specifically in certain roles, looking for people that are really complimentary. Like, man, they love to finish projects. Um, I have limitless potential with people that love to finish projects um, because I'm really freaking good at the people that are phenomenal at finishing are usually terrible at starting. 
I'm a badass at starting and a suck ass at finishing. <laughs> so, and then uh, my uh, other bigger ventures that I, I've got one I'm working on right now. I'm like, all right, I'm going to have phenomenal partners in these key areas. And I'm designing the business from the start, testing, knowing what my partners are skilled at, what their talents are, making sure I have everyone in the right position. Thinking that, like I'm building a championship sports team. Tom Brady cannot run fast, but fortunately, Leonard Fournette or Mike Evans or Gronk is great at uh, blocking. Like, so you think through, how do I design the business that complements my strengths and manages uh, my weaknesses? So that's, that's in essence what I'm doing in my coaching, but also in my uh, other ventures that I'm working on on the side too. Okay. So my recommendation here, so I'm hearing you say, you know, we, we need players, right, on the team. When, as an entrepreneur, anybody who's listening to this, like, when's the right time, Mike, to be adding players to the team, in your opinion? From the start. And okay. you, now, the, pro, the challenge is sometimes we're always like, I don't have the money or I can't afford X, Y, Z. All right. So how can you bring someone like that onto your team free of charge? And here's what I meant. Bring them on as a partner or a uh, advisor or something along those lines that doesn't cost you any money. And if you think most great businesses, you you know this, I'm sure, like most great businesses, they got great because they had great partners. Very few billion dollar unicorn businesses ever got there with one solo founder that owns the whole thing. Yep. No, I agree. No, when I started my business over 10 years ago, that was the first thing I did. I brought in a chief creative officer and I literally stay in my lane and, you know, she has the steering wheel to the entire business. So we've built a level of trust now over 10 years of partnership. You know, she's my greatest asset. Now she just gets to, you know, play around with all the kids in the playpen, right? That's her job just to kind of oversee all of those things. And, And again, I just stay in my zone of genius. I do what I love every day and I'm passionate about it. And I think that's my sustainability factor. What do you see? Like when we're talking sustainability, Mike, what's your take on that? Yeah. So I have people do an exercise I call life or death. And on one sheet, take out one sheet of paper and write down everything that you've done in the last week, last month from like making dinner to doing laundry to uh, responding to emails, customer support, whatever, write down everything that you've done that brought you life. And then on the other side, write out death at the top and write down everything that brings you death. So that these these all give you clues, right? So you take an inventory and then you see that, oh, all these things bring me death. Well, lots of times, like I, uh, one of the CEOs I'm mentoring right now, his business just had an epic year last year. But he was he was doing so many things that were bringing him death, endless meetings. And he's a creator on the Wealth Dynamics like I am, which means he wants to take big, bold leaps. He's not going to take incremental progress. And he was to the point where he was battling depression. He was no longer fulfilled with his business subconsciously. He didn't even realize it. He didn't even say it. But I was like, I was like, David, you're you want to tear the business down, don't you? You're, you're about to burn this house down. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and he's kind of lit up. He's like, how'd you know that? And, and it, it, I named something that he knew subconsciously. He hadn't even named himself, but it was true because he was out of, he was, he, the business had matured, but he was now heavy, heavy, heavy into the administration and the management of the details of the business. 
because he was doing what he thought a CEO should do. But in reality, he was playing out of position and he needed to be a Steve Jobs-like CEO that takes radical leaps in innovation. And he needed white space to think on new products and new innovations and new ways to grow. So, and when we did the life and death inventory, we just stripped away. We said, all right, we're going to delete Elite, what's the easiest three to five things you can delete from your death list? Delete or delegate. Boom. Did that. Then we added, all right, what are the things that bring you life? How can we schedule? How can we increase three to five things that bring you life into your weekly schedule, your life? And he did that. And then, you know, two weeks later, I'm talking to him. He's more enthused and energized than he'd been in years, in at least two years in his business. And he's inspired. And he's like, uh, He's not battling depression. He's happier in his family. He's happier with his kids. And he's got momentum and he's enthused again about his business. So that's one of the processes I like to do. No, and I love it. And I, I love the black and white of that, of like anybody can to can accept that. The thing that I love, you know, you're you're putting the inventory down. So you're extracting the clue, you're witnessing the pattern, and then you're calling the play. And I think the simplicity of that, that's how you build a championship team, you know, and, and design a very clear business. Okay. So in lines with that, how much does intuition fuel some of your action or direction, Mike? It's a big fuel for me. Now I'm an INTP on the Myers-Briggs, so I am more reliant on intuition and uh, other personality types are less reliant, but I definitely trust in my intuition and and take radical leaps. And I see one of my gifts is I can connect and see patterns before, you know, 99% of other people can, and I can connect the dots in a way that people can't just because that's one of my strengths on strings finder. And so now I'm seeing the future before the future happens, uh, which helps me design out and, and lead the front of the business as long as I have proper support on the back of the business. So. Yeah. No, and I'm hearing you being very curious, Mike, like, you know, the different assessments you've taken, the development that you've put forth in order to be as successful as you are today. What drives that? Curiosity. Like I am the most curious of types. And I'm also just, I want to be known. Like one of the things I, I want to do is I want to help a million people find their deepest zone of genius, especially entrepreneurs, because I feel like, I've been through the perils of essentially losing it all and building back up. And I took my wife through that, my new wife through that season. Um, and I want to help other people avoid those mistakes. But it's also joy. It's it's such deep joy for me to help people find their deepest zone of genius. And I've had 300 plus entrepreneurs now that have been through at least parts of my process. But I want to help a million people go through that. I want to have a million, help a million people have clean drinking water uh, through givebacks with the charity water and other organizations. And I, at the end of the day, it's like, I, I know there's so much more for me to create. So I am literally driven by ideas. And, mm. and the quest to bring those ideas to life, like that's an insatiable, it's like I'm internally, I sometimes feel like I'm Michelangelo and I see the Sistine Chapel and I'm like, oh, I got to bring that to life. I got to bring that to life. I got to finish that. I got to create that. I got to get to that in, in when I'm 52, you know, and I'm 42 right now, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're just, so. dis- you're describing impact, right? Um, and bringing mm. ideas to life. That's how you make your impact in the world. Now, I want to pull back a little bit. You know, you mentioned that you're married or maybe newly married. Let's talk about support systems, right? How does that um, impact you today and, and having a good support system and, and other entrepreneurs? 
you you got to have a great support system or build it over time. Like one of my favorite questions I love to ask is, what does my environment need to look like for success to be inevitable? And success as I define it, not someone else's definition. So one of those you know, criteria is, of course, the support network. What are, what's my peer group? Who are my mentors? Who, what type of relationship do I have with my spouse and my kids? My wife and I are hyper-intentional about that, and she's wired super differently than me. She's mm. wired for safety and security a lot more, and I'm wired for innovation and progress, and she wouldn't, uh, she, we understand each other's strengths deep, more deeply than the vast majority of couples because I, I made her do a zone and genius date when we were about three months in. Oh, <laughs> it, wow. How did she accept that? I mean, was it like, talk about that experience. Tell us that story. Yeah. So I, I said, Hey, there's something here. We weren't even dating exclusively at the time. I was like, there, I think we got something here. This is fun. Why don't we do a zone and genius date? And she she agreed to it, but then she called her mom and her sister and was like, this guy, I really like him, but he's, he's it was kind of weird. And he's asking me to take all these personality tests and then we're going to do a date reading each other's profiles and talking about each other's profiles. So anyway, she does it. It ends up probably being a critical factor in saving our relationship from falling apart because like she did not understand certain things. Like I actually really do need alone time. I'm an introvert, slightly, uh, I appear like an extrovert, but I'm more of an introvert. And she would be like, why do you, how can you spend Friday night alone? She would be concerned about me. She was super concerned. She didn't understand the differences. I didn't even necessarily believe in the differences between feelers, thinkers, introverts, extroverts, et cetera. And she's a super high level extrovert and super high feeler. And I'm a super high thinker. So Sometimes she rightly accuses me of being very unempathetic because that rational logic rules my mind. Feelings and empathy rule her mind. Um, so, like, we're in contrasting uh, places. She's a heavy fact finder on the Colby Index. I'm a light fact finder. So she needs way more information to make decisions. So I could be critical of, why do you need to research things endlessly? Or she could be critical. How can you make decisions without knowing enough information? And instead of criticism, we now have appreciation and acceptance and flirtation around our differences. And we still, six years, we've been together almost seven years now because we have a deep understanding of, hey, this is how she's wired and it's got great gifts and it compliments me instead of resentment of like, oh, you drive me nuts. Sometimes she does drive me nuts and sometimes I drive her nuts, but we can flirt and laugh about some of those elements too. I mean, that's powerful. It sounds like you have a bulletproof marriage, but you know, you were intentional, right? By asking her, let's go on a zone of genius date. Oh my God, Mike, I think that's phenomenal. And I love it. I mean, you can now honor and respect each other because you're going by the facts, right? You're not wondering. You've taken the wonderment out of the relationship and you guys really do truly at the core know what the other person needs through these different, you know, personality tests and, and feelers. So kudos to you. I think that's amazing. Um, yeah, I'm 30 years married. <laughs> Again, we're polar opposites. And I think that's why it works too. And yeah. being able to say, hey, honor and respect me. I'm not like you. So get off my bus you know, for yeah, just a yeah, minute, yeah. you know, and it's, and it's okay. Cause he knows we get back on the bus at some point, but you know what I mean? You, you do, you have to have that ability to have that strength. Okay. So we're kind of coming into the close of the episode, Mike, this 
this is just fascinating. I know our audience is eating this up. What are some, you know, as we're coming to the close, what is the thing that keeps you up at night as an entrepreneur? All the ideas I want to create, frankly. <laughs> so if I look at uh, what my personality type, I'm a creator on the wealth dynamics, which means I have a plethora of ideas and I only see the beginning of the ideas. I don't see all the work to bring it all the way to completion. My wife is a mechanic on the wealth dynamics, which means she see, she sees all the work needed to complete a single idea. Uh, this is another dimension of how we communicate. I know if I share everything I'm working on and every project that I've got incubating in my mind, at least, I'll overwhelm her and she'll melt into a cesspool of overwhelm <laughs> because she sees the completion. So I manage and navigate that. But I, I'm mind mapping out ideas. I'm thinking about ideas. I got like another 10 book ideas. I've got another three or four larger business ideas. I've got retreats I want to create. I've got partnerships I want to build. So that's where I swim. And I have to self-discipline myself to, you know, I can do everything I want in life for the most part. I just can't do it all at once. So I sequence a lot of those things out. But what keeps me up at night is I've got to birth these things to the world. But then secondly, I've got to help others find their path and find their genius. And and so I think about a lot of my clients like, hey, I, I've had some of them 40x their income in two years, um, go from making $100,000 a year to uh, $4 million. And, um, and that was as a hairstylist, right? So um, so I, I think about how to help people step into their genius. And then I, I got to get my ideas out into the world. <laughs> okay. Tell us about the hairstylist who went from a hundred thousand to 4 million. Like what were the key principles in that partnership? So a, she's, she's really hungry and talented and brilliant, but she was a, only a hairstylist with uh, a couple of side hustles that she was testing, but she hadn't figured out anything that sticks. And I, I think there's six, six principles to what I call the prosperous expert pathway. First, have a great money mindset so that you that's an invisible barrier to success if you have a poor relationship with money and abundance and judgment and you know your body will not harm itself so if if stepping into a higher level of abundance feels like harm subconsciously your body will literally stop it second Zona Genius. She got clear on her Zona Genius which was she was a star on the wealth dynamics she had all these passions to help uh, high achieving women and she needed some belief, right? I'm, I'm really good with my clients in the sense of instilling belief that helps catapult them into a next level. Sometimes we have to borrow belief. We lack it in ourselves. Third, she found what I call the 4% client. The 4% client is, you know, 80, 20 principle, top 20% produces 80% of results. What about if that's true, which it is, what about the top 20% of the top 20%. What if we do it again? That's 4%. Can they produce 80% of 80%, which is 64% of revenue? So 4% of your audience can produce 64% of your revenue. You got to know who that 4% is. Uh, most people have no clue on that. Um, but the best businesses in the world, like Apple's and those type guys, or super Tony Robbins, et cetera, they know their 4%. Um, the next thing is create an irresistible offer. I've got a 12 keys to an irresistible offer process. Took her through that design that irresistible offer around that 4% client, which is attuned to her zone of genius. Then the fifth thing, you build and develop expert authority in that field, in that industry. So it, it lubricates the conversion engine. And the sixth is you take, uh, you build an A player team. 
a team that supports your initiatives that you don't have you have to lead, not manage. And uh, she did all those things to the T, more than superseded her income goal for tripled what we expected her to do her first year. Like last year, March 2020, she was still doing hairstyling until they literally shut down her her studio. And she was an employee or team member and then went full time in her coaching uh, over that year. She did over a million. And then this year she'll do over four million for her second year. Dude, you just lit up when you shared that story. Thank you for doing that. I mean, that's oh, yeah. that's just powerful. But here's the thing. This is why we like Mike, because what you just described there, you know, your systematic approach to success and you're spot on. You know, these entrepreneurs do need that. They need to understand their their money story and how to tap into you know, the fulfillment in life, right? It's not all business. You've lost your ass and then you've recovered. So there's got to be more to it than there. And and you have figured out the fulfillment cap. So thank you so much for being on this. Uh, we're leaving. So where, if somebody is really resonating with this, Mike, where can we get in touch with you? Great question, Marlo. And thanks for having me on the show. It's been such a delight connecting. I love how you think through things and your brilliance and humor and fun. Um, so to find out more about me, I've got the geniuswithinbook.com. So you can grab that book, which takes someone through uh, the whole process to figure out your deepest zone of genius. You'll have more clues, more evidence than anyone else uh, than you've ever had in your life. So then you can grab, go to Instagram, the Mike Zeller, Facebook, the Mike Zeller, LinkedIn, the Mike Zeller, same for YouTube. And if you want a free six-step guide to finding your genius, go to or text genius you as in the letter U, genius you to four seven four seven four seven, and you'll get my free six-step guide. And uh, it's such a pleasure connecting and uh, supporting what you're up to, Marla. This is awesome, and I know your phone and all your platforms are going to blow up because this is such a, a stellar conversation. So thanks again. This was awesome. Did you enjoy this conversation as much as I did? If you're looking for more conversations like these, be sure to subscribe and please leave a review of the podcast. Subscribing and leaving a review helps it show up on your phone every time a new episode is released and leaving a review helps other people like you find us so they can get the help they need so they can live their best life. Also, subscribe to our weekly email on our website at marlohiggins.com. This is the place that we share insider tips with our audience and drop polarizing insights with you. Remember, the road to success is better with friends. So be sure to share this episode to help all of you reach your goals together. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, success is universally desired, personally defined, and always within reach.